friends, my name is Fernie. I'm the pastor at Mid-City Church. I'm here in uh, Illinois. I came with my wife to visit our in-laws and uh, it's really cold out here. We're expecting snow in a couple days and I'm so excited. So I just want to warn you, if in the microphone you hear me breathing deeply, it's because of this cold weather. Uh, I know it's kind of warm in Baton Rouge, but uh, I, I know that even though we're miles apart, it's going to be um, a great time of worship together. Well, this week our reading, our scripture reading comes from the Gospel of Matthew chapter 2 and here's what it says. In the time of King Herod, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem asking, Where is the child who has been born King of the Jews? For we observed his star at its rising, and we have come to pay him homage. When King Herod heard this, he was frightened, and all Jerusalem with him. And calling together all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Messiah was to be born. And they told him, In Bethlehem of Judea, For so it has been written by the prophet. And you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means along the least among, uh, are by no means the least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who is to shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod secretly called for the wise men and learned from them the exact time when the star had appeared. Then he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child. And when you have found him, Bring me word, so that I may also go and pay him homage. When they had heard this, um, when they had heard the king, they set out, and there ahead of them went the star that they had seen at its rising, until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw that the star had stopped, they were overwhelmed with joy. On entering the house, they saw the child with Mary his mother, and they knelt down and paid him homage. Then opening the treasure chests, they offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they left for their own country by another road. So in a couple of days, we're going to be celebrating Epiphany. Uh, and it's one of my absolute favorite days of the year, one of my absolute favorite celebrations. But growing up in El Paso, we didn't call it Epiphany. We called it Dia de los Reyes. And uh, I, it was just so much fun. We would get together at my aunt's house every January 6th. And uh, we would eat tamales and we would eat menudo. And uh, we would hang out as a family, spend time together as the cousins. We'd see who got what for Christmas. And then before the night was over, we would get a rosca de reyes, which is also known as king cake, and we would cut it up. And whoever got the little baby Jesus had to host another birthday on February 2nd, which was to commemorate Jesus uh, being presented at the temple. And uh, in, in English, we call that candle miss. And in Spanish, we called it Dia de la Candelaria. And it was just an absolute joy to see family all over again, to eat uh, once again, have a big feast, and, and just spend some time together. But I think my favorite celebration from Dia de los Reyes, or Epiphany, was what we did the night before. So we had to set out our shoes outside our door, and they would just, they would just sit there. And uh, on the morning of Epiphany, of Dia de los Reyes, we would wake up, and our shoes would look like this. So uh, we would always try to find the biggest shoes to try to get more snacks. But we would get a bag of chips all the time, we'd get some M&Ms, we'd uh, get a, a drink, usually a Sprite or a, a Coke. And, uh, that would be our treat. And I know it sounds silly, but it was our way of, of remembering and commemorating the way that uh, the wise men had shown up to Jesus and given them uh, the gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And it was just always such a, such a joy. I don't know why it was so fun to just set out our shoes the night before, wake up, and uh, have candy and treats the next day. To this day, I still leave my shoes out, but I've got to tell you, unless I go to the store the night before, the wise men seem to skip over my shoes every single year. 
I love Epiphany. I love Dia de los Reyes, and I miss the days when we would get together as a family and uh, eat tamales and menudo and, and, and do all these traditions. But what I find fascinating about Epiphany is how little we really know about it. Now, there's things we do know, right? I mean, we know that the wise men, uh, it's the day we celebrate the wise men showing up. We know that the gifts were gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Like, we, there's things we know about Epiphany, but there's a lot of things that we don't know, and a lot of things that scholars argue about still. For example, some say that there were three wise men, and they, they come to that conclusion by three gifts, right? Gold, frankincense, and myrrh, therefore there's three wise men. But the Bible never really specifies how many wise men there are. And so scholars argue that maybe there could have been up to hundreds of wise men who showed up to pay this baby homage. Uh, and so, so that's one of the arguments. There's also um, there's countries around the world who have names for the wise men. Uh, Melchor, uh, Gaspar, y Baltasar. If you've ever seen Christmas with the Cranks, when the, the, the wise men, catch fire uh, the guy says oh no Balthasar right like he that's acknowledging those three names uh, there there is just a lot of argument between scholars as to whether there was three or hundreds of wise men another argument is that based on what they did study the stars that based on that it's even possible that some of the wise men were wise women that traveled from afar and visited Jesus and personally I love the idea of women traveling and, and, and visiting and paying homage to Jesus I love that possibility Another thing scholars argue about is the timeline. So uh, in the church, we celebrate Epiphany 12 days after Jesus' birth, but some scholars argue that maybe that is completely incorrect. And I got to tell you, I kind of agree with that. So let me tell you why. In the Gospel of Luke, Mary and Joseph have, um, we're told that 40 days later after Jesus was born, he goes, they take him to the temple to be presented and to be blessed. And this was very much a Jewish tradition that they, that they had. And, and, and in the Gospel of Luke, they really do follow Jewish traditions. So they wait eight days to name Jesus and to, baptize, and to circumcise him. And then 40 days they take him to the temple. So, so they really follow these Jewish customs and traditions. And, and when they get to the temple, the Gospel of Luke tells us that they present either two turtle doves or two pigeons. And this is really important because the law would say that you had to present a lamb. But if you couldn't afford the lamb, then you would present pigeons or turtle doves. And so in the Gospel of Luke, they present the, the, the cheapest, the, the, the poorest sacrifice that they could offer. It was, what, it was the most that they could offer, but it was the, the poorest option that they had. And so a lot of scholars look at that and say, look, if the wise men had shown up at the, at the manger, at the nativity scene, then Mary and Joseph would have had gold on them, right? And they could have traded some of that gold to, to uh, uh, buy a lamb for when Jesus was presented. And the fact that they didn't have money to buy the lamb says that they didn't have money. And if they didn't have money, therefore the wise men wouldn't have shown up, right? That's, that's one of the arguments. And I've got to tell you, I, I can see that argument and I kind of agree with that argument. But not everybody agrees with that. The opposite side of that argument is that maybe the wise men showed up up to two years after Jesus' birth. And they get this from uh, the Gospel of Matthew. It says this, Matthew chapter 2, verse 16. When Herod saw that he had been tricked by the wise men, he was infuriated. And he sent and killed all the children in and around Bethlehem who were two years old or under, according to the time that he had learned from the wise men. So scholars look at that story and say, look, uh, 
Herod was uh, very intentional about the kids that he wanted dead, right? Two years and under. And, and that's according to what the, the, the wise men told them about when the star appeared. So the argument is uh, Jesus could have been up to two years old because Herod wanted to kill children who were up to two years old. And, and I got to tell you, I kind of see that argument too. I, I kind of agree with that. So I'll tell you where I stand. I think it's sometime after day 41 and before year two. We don't know the exact day. We don't know the exact time. But, but, but here's what we do know. There's a lot of things we can disagree on. But, well, let me say this. I probably just ruined your nativity scene for you. I probably just ruined your uh, uh, Christmas uh, carols and some of your Christmas plays. Because we tend to put the wise men there at the nativity with Jesus and Mary and Joseph and, and the animals. And I probably just ruined that for you. But, but here's what I want to give you permission. It is okay if you disagree with me. I, it is completely okay if you still want to see the wise men at the manger. It is okay if you think it was two years or 40 days or however long in between. It is okay if we disagree on this. This is not one of those things that as Christians we have to agree absolutely on. But here's what I think we do have to agree on. Up until this point, it was very clear that the Jewish Messiah had been born. Up until this point, it was very clear that the Jewish people had received their Savior, the one who was going to restore all of Israel. But it leaves us wondering a question, and I think it's a very important question. What about the rest of the world? Did Jesus come just for the Israelites, just for the Jewish people, or did he come for the rest of the world? See, I think that the arrival of the wise men is proof, complete proof, that Jesus came not just for the Jewish people, not just to restore Israel, but to restore all of humanity. That Jesus came for all people. Now, I want you to think about this because it's a very radical thought. The wise men were from different traditions and different customs. They were from a different country. They were what we call Gentiles, non-Jewish people. Uh, the Jewish people, there was a lot of Jewish people who also didn't agree with their line of work. I mean, who studies the stars, right? We trust that God is up there somewhere. There's no point in studying the stars. I mean, who the wise men were and what they did was not accepted among uh, Judaism at the time. Yet, for some reason, they decide to show up in that manger. They are complete outsiders, but they dare to show up in front of Jesus. Friends, I know that sometimes you feel like a complete outsider. I know I do. Many of us do. I know sometimes we look at our lives and we say, we've done too many mistakes. We're too much of an outsider. Surely God came to save those Christians, but I don't know about me. Did, did Jesus come for me as well? Do I even deserve that? And I want to tell you right now, Jesus came for you. I don't care how many mistakes you've made. I don't care what your past looks like. I don't care what you're going through right now. Jesus came for you. And just like the wise men dared to show, show up before Jesus, hoping that Jesus would welcome them and extend his grace and love and peace and mercy to them, friends, I hope that you too will dare to show up. Because Jesus came not just for select few. He came for you because God loves you and God is willing to do anything for you. Friends, I hope that just like the wise men, you too will dare to show up before Jesus. And I promise you that in showing up, you will find grace and hope and love and grace and mercy and everything you are searching for. 
even if you feel like it doesn't, that, like you don't belong or it's not for you, I promise you, Jesus is inviting you to. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, I give you thanks. God, we give you thanks for this uh, day of epiphany that we're about to celebrate. God, we are reminded in that moment that you came for all of us. And so today, God, I pray for all those who feel like they're not welcomed in your presence, who have been pushed away from the church, for those who feel like uh, maybe you came for everybody except them. God, I've been there sometimes. God, I pray that, that you may break through in all of our lives, that we may all know, every single one of us, that we may all know that you love us so much that you entered into this world for all of us. God, I pray we may all experience and feel your love and your grace and your mercy, just as the wise men did that day when they dared to show up. God, I pray this in your most precious and most glorious name. Amen.